Okay, I'm about to stress most of you out. Are you ready? Credit card debt, mortgage debt, student loan debt, medical debt, car payment debt. Apparently the overall American household debt hit a record $16.9 trillion by the end of 2022, which is up $2.75 trillion since 2019. And if you write that out on paper, it would look like this. 16,960,000,000,000,000,000. Are you stressed? Okay. Debt is crushing. Debt is stressful. Debt makes you feel trapped. And at a certain point, debt just keeps piling up and it becomes more and more hopeless that we'll ever actually pay it off. That's exactly what happened to the servant in our gospel passage this weekend. There we meet a man who has somehow managed to run up an astronomical, mind-blowing debt. We hear that it is a huge amount in our translation today, but it could also be translated 10,000 talents, which is really quite difficult to convert into modern money, but the internet anyways tells me that it could be anywhere between $1 billion and $11 billion. At any rate, it works out that he owes this king roughly 60 million days of work. That's like almost 200,000 200, years of work. Good luck, buddy. He ain't paying that off. Still, we need to give him some credit, don't we? When finally confronted by the king about this unbelievable tab, the servant dares to fall down on his knees and he says to the master, be patient with me and I will pay you back. And as we heard, the king is, quote, moved with compassion. And to everyone's shock and disbelief, especially after we've heard those sorts of numbers, he decides to forgive that guy's total and complete debt. Jesus' parable is obviously talking about something much bigger and more important than any amount of financial debt. Money, in the end, amounts to nothing. This is spiritual debt that Jesus is referring to, a sort of moral debt. The language of debt, of course, is the language of justice. The cardinal virtue of justice can be summed up in this statement, to give to others that which is due to them. In other words, to give people what they deserve. In strict justice, our family, our friends, our neighbors, and yes, according to the teachings of Jesus anyways, even our, our enemies deserve our respect and our goodwill. We owe everyone fair treatment to do unto others as we would have them do to us. We owe people dignity and honor and gentleness, kindness, basic material provisions, and so forth. But what about God? According to strict justice, what do we owe the Lord of the universe? In a word, everything. Everything. We owe him our allegiance, our love, our surrender, our worship, our absolute obedience, our constant attention, 
We do not belong to ourselves. We belong to him. He made us, and therefore our heart, mind, and will are not our own to do with as we will, but they truly belong to God in a total and complete way, a demanding way. As St. Paul put it in our second reading, if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. The question then is, have we given God everything that we owe him? And if we're honest, like really honest, guys, every single one of us should know full well that answer. No, we haven't. None of us, not a single one of us has loved God as much as he deserves to be loved. The Blessed Virgin Mary, with exception, right? Not a single one of us. We all find ourselves in the Lord's debt. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, St. Paul writes in another place. The truth is, we all need to come to this very, very brutal realization that we are in over our heads, up to our eyeballs, 10,000 talents, billions upon billions of spiritual dollars in debt to the Lord Almighty. And so what's to be done? What hope do we possibly have to pay back all of that debt that we owe to God? St. Anselm of Canterbury, who lived way back in the early 1100s, once posed this question as well. And it led him to formulate one of the most persuasive and influential descriptions and articulations of Christ's atonement that the church has ever made. St. Anselm starts off by saying that whoever does not honor God sufficiently, whoever doesn't love God and serve him as he actually deserves, what we actually owe, that's, that's called sin. That's what sin is. That's a sin against God. And whoever sins, St. Anselm then says, offends against the infinite majesty of God. And so every sin, in a certain sense anyways, is an infinitely grave offense. Now that means that the sinner owes God something infinite. Something infinite. He finds himself in infinite debt, so to speak. But we are finite, right? So if that's the case, then only God, who is himself infinite, is capable of making up for that infinite debt, of satisfying it, of reconciling us and restoring justice. God can't just ignore that debt or pretend that it just simply doesn't exist. Justice, after all, still must be upheld. And so, as St. Anselm goes on to say, it was necessary for God to become man and offer to God the satisfaction, the payment for all of that debt. Jesus, the God-man, having never sinned himself, does not owe God death. St. Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death. The just deserts of sin is death. And so Jesus, out of supreme mercy and justice, supreme perfect justice, chose to freely die and so make perfect and complete atonement for sin. In other words, Jesus' act of infinite love 
brings us all out of that infinite debt and offers satisfaction for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Dr. Scott Hahn sums this idea up perfectly in a single sentence. Christ paid a debt he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Each of us, every single one of us, owed God billions of dollars. But thank the Lord, Jesus stepped in and he said, don't worry, I'll take the check. And that's divine mercy. Jesus rescued us. We owed him more than we could ever conceivably pay back. 60 million days, 200,000 years of work. We were hopeless. And then Jesus in his mercy said, I got this. Jesus, although he is infinitely rich, became poor. He paid with his blood. He purchased us back. And so if that fills your heart with gratitude this morning, as well it should, let's just say thank you, Jesus. Okay? One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus, because I couldn't have paid that and neither could you. If God did all of that for us when we were still infinite debtors, when we were his enemies, when we were far from him and didn't want anything to do with him, then how can we possibly turn and refuse to forgive people who have hurt us? How can we turn to the people who are still in debt to us? A much smaller amount, a finite amount, if you will, and start to viciously choke them saying, hey, you, pay back what you owe. That's what that servant did in the gospel. That would make no sense. Absolutely no sense. And so Jesus teaches us, we must forgive not just seven times, but 70, 77 times, or other translations, 70 times seven times, an infinite number of times. That's so hard for us to do though, isn't it? When someone hurts us, when they take something from us, or withhold something that we are really truly owed, whether it's respect, love, patience, compassion, communication, time, effort, help with the kids, whatever it is. Sometimes all we want to do is hold on to that debt, to hold it over their heads. Why? Why do we do that? Well, because sometimes that debt that they owe us feels like it's the only thing we have left. We've been deprived of that which we are owed, and so we figure, well, I'll at least hold on to the heart. I'll at least hold on to my anger, to my feeling of being neglected and deprived and overworked or whatever it is. I'll show them how much they hurt me by clinging to my rage and my self-pity. This is what the first reading from the book of Sirach spoke of. Wrath and anger are hateful things, yet the sinner hugs them tight. Maybe it's time that we all ask God in prayer, in the quiet place, at our homes, when we close the door, Lord, where am I still hugging my anger? Where am I still hugging tight to anger and wrath? Now it's quite true that there is such a thing as righteous anger, which is, which is defined as a proportionate response to a grave injustice or a moral evil. But to be blunt, I think we're all way too quick to give ourselves a pass, to justify the rage that's brewing within us. We're all so quick to explain it away as the necessary and proper response to whatever difficult situation we're facing. And more often than not, 
Our anger really isn't rooted in holy indignation and a sincere concern for God's perfect will, but instead a sort of proud impatience and a distrust of the Lord's providence. I know that is true for my heart, so take a look at yours. Let's not forget, our psalm today put it so beautifully. The Lord is kind and merciful, slow to anger, and rich in compassion. God is slow to anger. Slow. So should we. I remember I was once having dinner with some friends of mine who now have seven little ones. Five boys, two girls, and I asked their oldest son, so on an average day, how many times do you have to forgive your little brothers? Maybe like seven times? And at that, he just kind of started giggling hysterically at me, and he corrected me, no, father, a lot more than that. And so I asked him, okay, so how many times do you have to forgive your brothers? And at this, he kind of just scratched his head a little bit, and he thought, and he tallied everything up, right? He worked, he worked out what they owed him, what the debt really was. And, and he responded with very profound wisdom. He said, every time. Every time. How many times a day should we forgive? Every time. There's no number. There's no limit. No conditional statements necessary. Just every time. And that's a lot easier said than done, isn't it? But I trust that God is giving you the grace right now to set aside anger and bitterness, all of the impatience, that kind of bubbling thirst for revenge that you might still be hugging on to in some way or another. I know that the Lord is giving you the grace to let go and find deeper peace and hope in him to release those people from the debts that they owe you. And so let's ask for that grace and peace right now as we prepare ourselves to receive the Holy Eucharist today, let's actually really invite Jesus to heal us of our anger and to give us greater courage to forgive. And so I'm going to invite you. I'm going to say, say this out loud, and you can say it with me, okay? Uh, so I'm going to say, Jesus, is there anyone in my life who's making me sinfully angry, okay? So repeat after me. Jesus... Is there anyone in my life who's making me angry? Come, Holy Spirit. All right, so now, in the name of Jesus, I renounce all unholy wrath and all sinful anger. And in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive. And I release that person of all bitterness and resentment. Forgiveness doesn't mean that what that person did is okay. But it does mean that you choose to release them. And so we ask and we beg God for that grace in Jesus' name for healing and for strength and for peace so that those who, have, who are in debt to us might receive the same forgiveness that we ourselves have received. <laughs>